So, back in 2016, Chris Budd had this fantastic idea. And he rang me up about it. He said, he said, David, he said, I want to do this podcast about financial well-being. And I said, financial well-being? What's that? You also he said, said, well, what's a podcast? Exactly. <laughs> I knew what a podcast was. Uh, and he's written, he'd written a book about it. So I read the book and I said, well, that's a really good book. I said, yes, let's do a podcast. And so back in 2016, in the front room of my house at Station Road Backwell, where I was living at the time, myself and Chris sat down and recorded the first ever financial well-being podcast. Now, paint me pink and call me Simon. Today is the 100th episode of that podcast. Seven years and we've done a hundred of them. And here with me today to celebrate this amazing feat is the man himself, Mr. Chris Budd. Chris, tell us about yourself. Do you know what, David? I'm, I'm rather reminded of that great Bob Monkhouse line when he said, you know, when I was a child... I said I wanted to be a comedian when I grew up. They, <laughs> uh, well, no, no, they, what did they say that? I they said you were I'd reminded of it. You've forgotten the thing yeah, you were reminded of. They said, they said I'd never make it. Well, today I'm a, I am a comedian and they're not laughing now. So apart from your failed Bob Monkhouse anecdote, Chris, t- tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I wrote the Financial Wellbeing book, uh, which started this and quite a lot of other things, it turns out. Um, And I've written the four cornerstones of financial wellbeing, founded an institute for financial wellbeing, doing this podcast. It's just an all financial wellbeing for eight years, isn't it? Fantastic. And 20 episodes into the podcast, we were joined by the other important member of this triumvirate, Mr. Tom Morris. Tom, tell us how it all came about for you. And more importantly, tell us who the hell you are. Well, was it really twenty episodes in? Was it really twenty? Bit. I'm. I'm. I'm sure it was later than that. But heck, we go that far back, are we? Um, which can only mean that we'll go on to something in a minute that I've done that many tips for that long. Um, so to, to, today, those that are, are watching the um, video on YouTube, you can see that I am Mickey Mouse. Um, I've got these weird ears. Basically, we try to decorate the back of our, the back of our. Uh, studies to celebrate this uh, auspicious occasion but the way I've put my mine up just makes me look like I've got two big Mickey, House, Mickey Mouse ears so if you're interested. It's the most you serious you've ever looked on the podcast Tom. Yeah, <laughs> quite but I'm good, I'm good life's, life's good, it's sunny outside, summertime, yeah all good. Excellent and, and, and most excitingly and this is a real treat for listeners and indeed viewers later on we're going to be hearing from and seeing the silent person in this podcast, producer Tammy, who sat here behind the scenes for so many of these episodes, and she's going to be sharing some of her own personal wit and wisdom with us later on. Anyway, enough of the uh, preamble. Um, as this is the 100th episode, we're going to take a breath and look back on some of our favourite moments, most meaningful tips, and things that have made us laugh. Now, Many listeners will dip in and out of the episodes, and even the diehards may not recall the time that Tomo took our live call on the podcast, thinking it was the news of the birth of his first child. So to celebrate the 100th episode, we're going to remember some of the great tight-ass Tomo tips, have a chat about what we've learned, and hear some brilliant tips from some of our listeners and supporters. Now, uh, we usually have a, a no-shizzle Sherlock quote from you to discuss, Chris, but I think we've got something a little bit different today. Yeah, I want to share a really great quote, which I think is a really good summary of what we've been doing with this podcast. Um, we've learned a lot over this time, and I've certainly done so much research and read so much stuff. Um, and uh, it all kind of comes down to a central theme, which was summed up, I think, brilliantly, not that he meant to particularly for us, but a chap called Will Stanley, who is a psychotherapist who is changing his career into the world of financial planning. And he gave a talk on a roundtable event for the Institute for Financial Wellbeing. And as part of the talk, he just kind of trotted out the following casual line, happiness is a side effect of doing things that are meaningful to you. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that couldn't sum up our 100 episodes better than that, I think. What do you guys reckon? Tomo? I, 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 I met the chap in question and uh, I think he's I think he's spot on. 
I think he's spotting it just distills everything down. And well, what's the point in doing 101 episodes? I think we're done now, guys. <laughs> right, we could have just said that at the beginning of the whole thing. Yeah, and save what happened. Said, <laughs> exactly. Save the listeners a lot of boring hours listening to us. That's for sure. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think that's absolutely right. I think I think the, the notion. I mean, I've learned an awful lot um, doing this podcast, and I know we're going to touch on this later, so I won't go into the detail of it now. But certainly, I think that notion that engaging with your finances doesn't have to be a wrangle it doesn't have to be a struggle and if it's something that makes you happy and if it's something that brings you well-being that's all we've ever tried to do uh and i think that yeah i think that quote sums it up really really well uh now when it comes to happiness one of the things that's made me the happiest on this podcast and has indeed delighted our many many listeners has been the long-running feature Titus tomo uh, we'll come a little bit later onto the reason that it was founded, but it's based on the premise that Mr. Tom Morris is the meanest man in Britain, and he's got various tips to prove it. Um, for this episode, then, we're going to revisit some of our favourite Titus Tomo tips from over the years. But first, though, I have a question for you, Tomo. Are you really a Titus? Now, is this a carefully manicured persona you've developed, or are you actually the monarch of meanness in real life? Um, it depends who you ask. <laughs> I'm asking you. <laughs> it depends who you ask. Do you know what? Um, this is probably in line with... Chris is nodding. He says I'm that tight. <laughs> Do you know what? Actually, I'm going to talk about my own, my own journey with being tight and this podcast or even my work at Ovation Finance and this whole financial wellbeing piece. Um, back when this all kicked off, what was that, Twenty you know, when I joined Ovation and, and when this podcast kicked off in 2016, I was tight with my mindset with money. I, I was tight. I was always watching the pennies, and, and there's various reasons that, that I won't go into detail why here. But the more I learned about one's relationship with money, happiness, and the way you can spend money in a way that really does boost your well-being, there is no doubt that I have become less tight with time. And now it's just a, a bit of a, a poking poking a bit of fun alter ego that I'm not sure is the same. I'm not the same person with money as I was when I first started working on this podcast. So that might suggest, I mean, that's a really interesting concept there. That might suggest that the, the reason somebody might be tight is they can't see the value in the spend. But if the yeah. value in your spend is the well-being, then you're happier to spend maybe that's what's behind your change oh, absolutely absolutely and um you're just trying to put some of the stuff that we talk about into practice and consciously trying to do that it's completely changed my relationship with spending money but look, i don't think what i was good at watching where my money went and good at getting deals but i was uh the feeling of letting money go I'm far more relaxed about that now because I try and put it in the right places. And it is from this podcast and the work that we do. I know it sounds convenient to say that, but but it's been hugely helpful for me. Well, absolutely right. And I just as a, as a side to that, uh, I mean, I don't have the same, if you like, vested issue in 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 this podcast that you two do because it's, it's to advertise your company and all of that partly. Um, I'm just coming along because I enjoy the chat and I enjoy the banter uh, and your payment. <laughs> but actually, I have to say that I've um, uh, similarly learned a huge amount about my relationship with money as well. Uh, and I've found that's been, you know, really, really valuable. Anyway, let's let's move on, should we? Um, let's have a look back at some of the classic Titus Tomo tips over the years. Now, I was trying to think about what my personal favourite was. There have been so many. And in the end, you know what? I'm going to go right back to the very beginning. I've told this story so many times on this podcast, but I think it bears repeating on this, the 100th episode, the way in which the legend that is Titus Tomo was born. The fact that he and Chris and a colleague went out to lunch. Tomo said, do you know what, guys? It's my treat. Have this one on me. And they probably thought, oh, he's new to the company. This is very impressive. The junior's trying to impress us. That's very nice. And he managed effortlessly and carefully to steer them round, choosing something on the menu. He said, this chicken thing, do you know what? He said, this is, I'm putting words into his mouth here, but I'm kind of <laughs> imagine how it went. Uh, this chicken thing, 
really, really good. I've had it before. It's probably one of the nicest things that I've ever had. Strongly recommend it. I'm not saying you have to have it, but you know what? I had it last week. My God, it was delicious. And so, it's like I'm there. It's like I'm back there again. <laughs> so Chris and the colleague went, oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. And so they all ordered the chicken thing. And I believe, so I've heard anyway, it was indeed delicious. What, of course, Tomo hadn't told them that in his pocket, nestling away in his pocket, or maybe it was electronically stored on his phone, I do not know, he had a voucher, a voucher to be redeemed against three chicken dinners. And it was in that way that he managed to take out two, I think it wouldn't be wrong to say, senior colleagues at that time to lunch <laughs> impressed them hugely with the choice that he made and the delicious lunch that he bought them and it didn't cost him a penny thus was the legend titus tomo born and that's why i think out of all the great tips that he's given us that feeling of genesis of a phoenix rising from the ashes of the birth of something really really special is encapsulated there in that single anecdote. So, um, <laughs> that, was, that was very well. It really was a good performance. <laughs> so that's me done. Match that, you two. Come on. Okay, I'm going to go with one. I like, uh, I've got to be honest, I, I, although Tom has come up with a lot of very good, serious tips, I like the fun ones best. Um, and we've had a lot from our listeners over the years. And uh, Chris Dames, who is on Twitter, at Chris Dames, D-A-E-M-S, gave loads when we first started. And I like this one. Benefit from the complimentary food and wine at a free networking event by inviting your wife and calling it date night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a, that was a, a, a cracker. Um, Tomo, you got one? One of your oh, fun you know, ones? One of my fun ones, and this probably definitely was in the days of being a little bit little bit tighter. We, uh, <laughs> oh God, every time I say this now, I cringe at the idea that this actually happened. So we went, I went out with my wife, Lindsay, and we went out looking for some, she needed some new trainers, you know, running shoes, gym shoes, whatever you want to call them. Anyway, we went to the shop. I love this one. Um, <laughs> And they're all up on the, and I was like, oh, they, they look nice. So, yeah, yeah, they look nice. And then she's looking at some of us. No, you really, these look fantastic. And what it was, was that my wife sort of teeters between six, size six to size five and a half. Now, why is size five and a half as important is because that fits the kids zone of shoes. And why is that relevant? Because there's no VAT on children's clothing. So I managed to persuade her to, to try them on, handed up that they definitely look the better ones. You know, there was a few grumbles of their pinching. Oh, don't worry about the pinch; they look fantastic. And and the reason why, I, and the reason why I was so invested is before we went out, I I actually offered to buy buy her a new pair of trainers as a as a treat. Um, that you know, now and again we like to treat each other with our money, and yeah, and I persuaded her to buy children's size shoes. What a, I am a bad human being, aren't I? Saying that out loud again. And you're still and you're still married. Still married, do you know what? She's still got those trainers. Are they still? Do they still? Do they still pinch a bit? Well, put it this way: she's she, she they're in a cupboard and they don't get warm very often. Put it that way. <laughs> so, so do you know what is a lesson? Buy cheap, buy twice, folks. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Well, there we go. I mean, from his own mouth, great, mm. great confession there. Um, now another one: Simon Reed, who's at Simon Reed on Twitter, was a guest on episode twenty-three back in twenty seventeen. And his tip was that he's cut his own hair since he was 19 and thereby saved a fortune in barber bills. So well done, uh, Simon. I think there was one at some point as well about cut your hair short and save money on, on shampoo. <laughs> um, <laughs> this one, uh, this one's probably slightly inappropriate. So I'm, I apologize if this is a little bit 1970s, but it just really made me laugh. I don't know where it came from, I've got to be honest, but someone has suggested invite your mother-in-law around every Sunday for dinner because that way your wife will keep the house spotlessly clean. <laughs> that was me. That was one of mine. Another one. <laughs> oh, no. That's so true. Oh, can, you, can you top that for tastelessness? Uh, well, I've, I've said this one recently in a pop. I still live by this one. Uh, of my trip to Twickenham a few years back where we were in an outside pub and basically no one was sending back their refundable cups, pound a cup. As you well know, I've regaled the story before. 
collected about 15 of them, handed them in 15 quid and went and bought myself some uh, some lunch. It was fine. It was great. Excellent. I mean, that's just real common sense, isn't it? It's amazing how, how, how few people can be bothered to do those things. Uh, but, but the thing is, quite... David, David, I just on that one, at this point, I was in my early 30s. Now, really, the people that do that at sports grounds are the teenager, are the 13 and 14 year olds whipping round for their pocket money. Not men in their early 30s <laughs> trying to bag a few extra quid. I got some very strange looks. Uh, I must admit, not something I've I've done very often since. Yeah, but the thing is, Tommy, you talk about yourself as being in your, in your, I'm guessing, mid-30s now, but uh, to me, you've always got that boyish charm of a 14-year-old. No. <laughs> I'm not sure and, if that's and, a compliment and, and or similar not. Knowledge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've had quite a few of these great tips over the years, and uh, from an old friend of the podcast, Chris Ankers, who's at Ankers43, uh, this one is from episode 61, in April 2020. It's an absolute cracker. I love this one. He says, name your child your current number plate. Keep it. And when they pass their driving test, you can give them a personal number plate as a gift. So, you can imagine the conversations in this house when they were younger. Eat your vegetables, EZ67DCR. <laughs> I've got one of mine from episode 77 and 2022. If you want to own a car which is smooth, an easy ride, low cost to insure, an excellent visibility, especially in the rear, and buy a second-hand hearse. They're deemed low risk, so the insurance cost is low, and they're very roomy with a surprisingly large boot. Oh, you can even double up as a camper van, so you can save money on holidays too. Oh. And people will probably stop and get out of your way and let you pass as well. So we've also had many practical ideas around money, such as how to get kids to understand money. Alex Riley, who's at Alexandra Riley, suggested using clear jars for savings so that kids can see the money grow, which I think is a great idea. So have a specific objective. So every time they take money out to buy something, they see the objective getting further away. And that question, their buying choices, that's genius, I think, that one. Also, I, I like the idea, and I do try and do this, don't go to the supermarket when you're hungry. And there's a study from the uh, Gretchen Swanson Centre for Nutrition in Nebraska. You see, all of this stuff is based on research. Uh, and they did a study which proves that we not only buy more food, but of lower nutritional value when we're hungry. Even mm. just eating a piece of fruit or chewing gum while you're shopping will save money and improve your diet. Well, this is the whole thing. Even when you go, to, the problem is if you're hungry, even stems from when you go to the cupboard. Behind me, those, again, who are watching on, on YouTube, is uh, my kitchen. And going to the fridge or the cupboard when you're hungry, you suffer from the same issues. You're not picking the healthy stuff. I just snaffled a whole bag of crisps, just one of those big, massive crisps. Three quarters of it's gone in about 10 minutes. Yeah. Where's the willpower? So easy. I'm on a bit of a diet at the moment, actually, because I've always carried a bit of extra weight, but I was carrying far too much. So I've been uh, lost half a stone in three weeks, which has been quite oh, nice. Well done. Uh, but I've just done that by basically not eating as much. Uh, I know it sounds fairly basic, but it's avoiding those snacks and things like that. Never eating after seven o'clock. So if I have a rule that says I can't eat after seven o'clock, normally at nine o'clock, I'll be going, oh, I'll just see if there's any cheese in the fridge or, you know, that late night piece of toast. That's David, I'm going to have to stop you here, mate. You're giving away gold. I'm sure you could badge this up and sell it to some schmucks on uh, YouTube or other channels are available. You know, I've got a great tip for you, and they give you 50 quid or whatever it is for your course, and you go on there for two minutes and just eat less. Yeah. Stop giving away all the gold, mate. You can uh, make an absolute right, fortune off of this. I'm going to repackage this now. No, just wait. The Dave Lloyd way. <laughs> eat less. Excellent. Anyway, <laughs> we're, getting, uh, anyway we're, we're getting off the subject now uh, in a very enjoyable way. So, uh, Tom, have you got a, a, a practical tight-ass tip? Uh, one of my practical tips... There have been plenty. They're not all um, silly taking the mickey out of myself ones. Uh, I'm going to try and think of a one that's relevant right now to people. It still exists. And I did this way back when. This is one of my early ones. It's something called the married person's allowance. And there are, um, this is where there are plenty of married couples where there is perhaps one of them is not a taxpayer. And the other one is a basic rate taxpayer. And what you can do is the the spouse who doesn't pay any tax can actually hand over 10% of their tax-free personal allowance, which is about 
£1,250 to the spouse who is a basic rate taxpayer. And that will save them somewhere in the order of about £200 a year. And you can actually go back five, six years, I think now, and recoup it. Uh, so if you go and have a look, married person's allowance. And for some people, you could find yourself saving upwards of uh, £1,500, I believe now. Absolutely, it's just dead easy. They make it make it fairly yeah. straightforward. They just don't advertise it particularly well. I'd better get married then. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That, that, is that a tight ass Tomo tip? Get married. Yes. <laughs> like definitely, there has absolutely been situations with unmarried clients where they've been they've done it for romantic reasons with a good nudge for their financial planner. There's some situations where it makes sense to be married, but don't. Try and hold on at the altar that you're doing it for romantic reasons. Otherwise, not just I do because Tomo told me to. That's not as it. Not I think, as, uh... Tomo, that would be the ultimate tribute. That would be the ultimate tribute to, to you yeah. and the legend that. that you've created. To people getting married because you said they could save 200 quid. We should try arrange that and get it filmed for the podcast. And we'll get Angry Anderson to sing the theme tune like in Neighbours. we we'll make a big deal of it. Let's try and get, get, make that happen, Tomo. Make that happen. Uh, yeah, the, mo the most one. boring Cupid of all time, eh? <laughs> I've got another one from Simon Ganesson, who I think of as the doyen of financial coaches in the UK. Um, we uh, I can't remember which episode she was on, actually, but she was on one of our episodes. She was absolutely brilliant. She always is. And she gave a really good practical tip, which was remove your pre-saved card details from your favourite online shops such as amazon that way every time you go to make a purchase and you have to enter your details again they just make you pause and mm. consider whether you really do need that thing and just stop those impulse purchases i think that's a really good one i mean talking of impulse purchases uh gail and i were in cheltenham a couple of weeks ago we'd been to visit some friends on the friday night had dinner stayed over went to do a little bit of shopping in in cheltenham a nice place to potter around we would just be buying kind of Marks and Spencers pants and socks, nothing too fancy. We walked past this art gallery and I saw this piece of art in the window and I kind of did a double take and I thought, oh, that's rather nice. While Gail was in the clothes shop next door, I went and had a little look, had a little poke around. And I looked at the price of it, which I won't share with you here. My eyes watered slightly and I thought, hmm, oh, I'm not sure about that, not sure about that. And I thought, but I really like it. And Gail really liked it. So I thought, okay. So I went back to the clothes shop and three hours later when she'd finished choosing all the things she was going to choose, I said, I want to show you something. So we went back in and she kind of went, God, that's amazing. That is absolutely fantastic. And then she looked at the price and she said, can we afford it? And I said, yeah, yeah we can actually. We'll have to juggle some money around a little bit, but we can. And she said, do you think we should buy it? And I said, well, I'll tell you what. Now, pre-podcast Dave would have said do you know what let's just buy it go on we both like it um, but I said I tell you what let's go and do the rest of our shopping and think about it and Love have it. a chat about it so it. We, we escaped the clutches of the very lovely uh, person in the gallery who was pressing Prosecco on us and you know and all of that and we went away we did some shopping we had some lunch we talked it through and then we bought it uh, but actually, uh, and it's up on the wall now, and I just love it to bits. And I'm so glad we bought it. But it was one of those things where I am I can be quite impulsive. And this time, I just thought, no, this is quite a lot of money we're talking about here. Have a think about it. Make sure you're doing it for all of the right reasons, which basically was to improve our well-being. And, and that Amen. ultimately was the reason that we bought it. I think that would be the best 70 quid you've spent, David. Really. <laughs> that, so speaking of impulse purchases, uh, yeah, I was at Costco with my son uh, quite some years ago, about, about 2015, actually, when the podcast started, um, and uh, came away with a canoe. Because I'd always wanted a canoe. Um, well, I had a canoe when I was a teenager, and I really thought it would be brilliant to take the family out on the lakes that are around here in Somerset, Chew Valley and Blankton Lakes. Unfortunately, didn't do my research um, because you're not allowed to take canoes on those two wonderful lakes. <laughs> so uh, in the early podcast, long-standing um, listeners will remember that there was a standing joke that the only water the backside of this canoe ever saw was rainwater. <laughs> <laughs> So that was another example of maybe it's a good idea to walk around Cheltenham for an hour before you make the final decision. So it was brilliant, and it was almost we had a we had a each episode we got an update on how your selling of the canoe was getting on, or how you were using it, then transition to how are you selling it. 
Yeah, it had quite quite a story, didn't it, in the early days? Yeah. So fun though it is to relive some of the great moments from the past. I think we need to keep the podcast moving. So uh, I think on this we should leave the last word to Tomo, given that this section is named after him. Tomo, can we please have a brand new, what will undoubtedly become a future classic, tight ass Tomo tip? Play the long game. Right. Stay with me on this one. So I met a one of my best friends. Uh, I met him at university. This was oh, 2005, long time ago. Um, but we were we, we were involved in each other's weddings, best friends. And um, when I say play the long game is really, it turns out that I could now worked out why he's been in my life. Because last month he went on to join the armies in the Fusiliers. Um, and, uh, and and he's, he's doing very well in there. And uh, his daughter was getting christened and he asked me to be a godfather. I said, that, that's, that's wonderful. I'd love to be. Turns out if you're in the Fusiliers, I'm not sure certain ranks allow you this, this order, but they're headquartered in the Tower of London. And they are able to use the Royal Chapel to have certain ceremonies, such as weddings and, and, and christenings. So I got to go to the, with, with my family, to, to the Tower of London, went in the chapel, did the ceremony. Now, the key part to this is, and this is why I realised I spent all this effort with this friend, the family got into the Tower of London for free, didn't we? Got to go have a <laughs> look, look round afterwards. Saved us about 100 quid. So there you go, guys. Just think, stay with those friends for as long as you can because you, you will eventually cash in on that relationship. You've, you've got to say, David, you've got to say he's good, isn't he? He is good. I mean, I am <laughs> deeply impressed. I've now got to go out and find myself a friend who's got access to the Royal Chapel at the Tower of London, just yeah, in case it, that wedding that we were talking about it, ever transpires. It, I'll be honest with you, it's wonderful. We were all dressed, I had my chinos and my jacket on, and we went around, and it was only, there was, not everybody could get in, and all the tourists around in the middle of the courtyard, and you could see him looking over and said, sorry, you can't come in. But there's people who stood there, yeah, they're, for a private service and I had in my, my mind part of the royal family aren't they and I was thinking yeah yeah that's me some long distance blue blooded oik from Gloucester yeah that's me <laughs> thank you very much Prince Tomo that's yep. been a real joy can I just check something David let's just quick as you can Tomo left university 2005 I was 1988 you were oh, no 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 I started in 05 I left oh. in 08 oh <laughs> I left, I left university in 1981. However, it's also worth bearing in mind that I was uh, I didn't go to university until I was 23. So, there you go. Uh, yeah. Just trying to prove the point on this podcast that we have all three generations covered. We are indeed multi-generational. <laughs> I'm, I'm 68 now. I can't Jeez. believe it. 68. Oh, how did that happen? How did that happen? Anyway... Let's not dwell too much on that one. Tomo, thank you very much. It's been fantastic uh, uh, having a little dive down memory lane and thinking back to all those great tips. So we also had a period on the podcast where we found some interesting words from other languages that, that had no direct corresponding word in English. That was fun, that little phase. Everyone this goes me, quiet. Go, is it this me? Is, is me. it me? <laughs> is it me? Right. Whether you cut that out or not, Tammy, you make me look incompetent. <laughs> so, uh, yes, yes, we did. Um, I've got one back from 2017. Um, I don't know if I ever say this correctly. Ikigai, if I pronounce that correctly. Sounds yeah, right to Tammy. me. Sounds good. It's a Japanese word uh, and its meaning is reason for being, which fits very well in, in with this whole financial well-being concept of living a life of meaning and purpose. I'm not saying we were the first to make this up, you know, make this connection. Well, maybe I might be. Um, but I have seen this used quite a few times in financial advice firms uh, and marketing subsequently, which is just fantastic to see that, that people are talking about this. Yeah. So where the financial well-being podcast leads, others follow. Um, one of my favourites was, was tartle from episode 28, a Scottish word, tartle, that refers the uh, to the panicky hesitation you feel. And you were about to introduce someone 
and you just can't quite remember their name. I think that's brilliant. That happens to me all the time. I used to have a great memory for faces and names, and it's 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 receding slightly now. Uh, so yes, I have been I've been stricken by Tartle on many an occasion. Uh, so it's not money related, but it does make me laugh. I suspect you've also been uh, you've also enjoyed. Carl Saraganit on many an occasion, David. Um, a Finnish word which roughly translates as the feeling when you're going to get drunk home alone in your underwear with no intention of going out. Oh, surely that's the best way to get drunk. <laughs> it seemed very funny in 2017, less so during lockdown in 2020 when that was every single night. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it, listen, it feels really odd to think back to May 2015. Uh, when we recorded the very first episode. Uh, and uh, life changed somewhat since then, I think, for all of us. And we've touched on some of the things that have happened uh, in so many ways. Uh, so you were involved with Penny Braun at the time, weren't you, Chris? Yeah, so um, all the proceeds for the Financial Wellbeing book um, go to Penny Braun. And I say proceeds, not profit, proceeds. Um, and which has been very generous of Ovation, who... Uh, Ovation Finance paid for the book in the first place, and of course all of these podcasts as well. And Penny Braun really inspired all that what we're doing. Um, I will just tell the, the story that I've told a few times, but not for a while, which is my wife is a cancer nurse, and she was uh, working at Penny Braun Cancer Centre, which helped people to live well with cancer. Um, it could be any life-ending or life-threatening uh, diagnosis, but particularly cancer. And I was, she was telling me about their work on a drive to Oxford and how um, they help the body to help itself by supporting immune cells. So um, the radiotherapy or, or chemotherapy zaps the cancer cells, but we also have immune cells which help fight the cancer. So they do that with nutrition, with mindfulness and so forth, uh, exercise, and there's lots of science behind this. And it suddenly occurred to me that one of the things that should um, cause problems for our immune cells is stress. And one of the biggest causes of stress is worries about money so therefore if we started helping people to live a better life with money we can actually help them be healthier as well as wealthier so that's uh, the, the penny bond connection was really really strong and i became involved with them um as a, a director of their trading arm and, and uh, my wife was there for many years as a as a counselor so fond memories of penny bond they still do great work so if you uh, want to make a donation to them please do uh, or look up their website if you uh, god forbid have any need of their services they are absolutely fantastic place yeah, and of course, it was also that, that realisation and that involvement uh, through your wife that you, led to you writing the book, the Financial Wellbeing book. Um, so how fitting it is that the 100th episode coincides with the launch of your latest book, The Four Cornerstones of Financial Wellbeing. So tell us about that, please, Chris. Is that it? I can see perched just over your left shoulder. ABC always be closing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Subtly positioned behind me. Uh, so the first book was a pathway to create a financial plan, but one that's drawing on well-being, not on just making more money. And all of the, I mean, a lot of the research I've done for this podcast on areas such as self-determination theory, which is a really big part of it. Um, I've just learned so much about the relationship to money and happiness. I'm a different person now than I was back in 2015 because there's absolutely no doubt about it. Um, and so the four cornerstones are, firstly, what is true of all of us about our happiness. Secondly, what is true of each of us individually about our happiness. What is true of all, in the, all of us of the barriers to our happiness. And what is true of all of us of, uh, of each of us individually, our own barriers to happiness. And those are the four cornerstones. Uh, and we've looked at each of those things on each of the podcasts. In fact, if I'm absolutely honest with you, I may have cut and pasted a script or two to go into the book. <laughs> Because there's so much good content in all of that. So you could even think of the book as being like a distillation of the last 100 episodes and the next 30 or 40 as well, because there's some new stuff in there too. Well, I for um, one really look forward to reading it, because for me, and, and I'm not just blowing smoke up your posterior when I say this, that, that reading that book, uh, I mean, obviously it's been helped by all the stuff that we've learned on the podcast, but reading that book for me was the first time that anybody, I've had various financial advisors over the years, but it was the first time that I kind of genuinely got money in a way it communicated to me in a way that I understood. Uh, i kind of give you a parallel example. I'm, I'm learning to play the piano at the moment, something I started uh, at, at Christmas. And um, my teacher, who's a lovely old man, but he's quite, 
quite old actually and quite old school as well and he's very much into he wants me to do the theory and I kind of get that the theory is important up to a point but the theory is mathematically based and it's logically based and I'm just not very good with the, the, the ma- with mathematics with the logical construction of music and maths I just don't get it my brain does not think in that way when I'm playing a tune, if I put together some notes in a way that makes me feel great, I go, oh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And that's that's the way I operate. And that was the level on which um, I connected with the book, because actually it was about the feelings that underpin money. And for me, that's the level on which I operate. I'm quite an emotional person. I'm quite an intuitive person. So you can throw numbers at me till the cows come home and I won't get them. But, but connect with how I feel about money, and that's where you got me. So just that's just a personal thing. That's I'm very scared. kind of you. You won't know how many cows have come home, but you know how you feel when they got there. Yes. <laughs> Spot on. Spot on. So, Chris, over the years, you've managed to find an amazing array of guests who've had an incredibly broad range of things to say about money and happiness. And I've really enjoyed listening to a lot of their interviews over the years. So my favourite, and, and actually we've never had him as a guest on the podcast, and I think maybe this is something that, w- that we could put right, but, but the very first conference that we had that led up to the setting up of the Financial Wellbeing uh, Institute, we had a, a, a keynote speech from uh, Miles Hilton Barber, the, uh, the blind explorer, and the stories that he told about the things that he'd managed to achieve as a, as a, a man with no vision was absolutely incredible and that's you know stuck in my mind uh ever since really yeah he was uh he i actually stayed in touch with him a bit after that conference he was he was so sweet um he he emailed me about six months later and said as a result of seeing my talk about financial well-being he realized why am i still doing all of these talks and he cashed in some of his investments and bought a caravan near a beach um and spent more time with his wife sitting by the beach um, he was such a wonderful, wonderful man. And um, if anybody wants to watch his speech, you can see it on YouTube. Mm. And it, it, if it takes you an hour, it'll be an hour you'll never forget. Uh, absolutely. And who was actually that? That does make me remember another one because he was at that conference, but subsequently was on the podcast. The the Bristolian guy who was the motivational speaker. I've forgotten his name now. Nick Nick Elf. Yeah. Can I, can I suggest if anybody um, uh, is struggling ever? Um, just go back and listen to that first Nick Elston interview. I've listened to it four or five times now, and there is so much to draw on and strength to take from that man. He's an amazing bloke. Wonderful. He was uh, thoroughly inspiring, both in person and indeed on the podcast. Um, I love I love Maria Nadeva. Uh, she's a force of nature, and I don't know if you remember her story, but she, her husband, had got her into them into debt of one hundred and ten thousand pounds. And uh, through force of will, she repaid it over two years. And I always remember one of the things that she said, um, she, she did everything, she took second jobs, she put everything away. Uh, and the smallest amount of that £110,000 debt she paid off was something like £2.49. Absolute dedication to getting rid of that debt. And she was um, so many great tips. Yeah, I remember her. She was great. Tomo, uh, who stands out for you? Um, whether it's because it's uh, been so recent and it's fresh in the mind, but episode 99, which was the last one, and Leon Taylor, I just found the most enjoyable listen. And I think partly just listening to somebody, an Olympian, is just fascinating anyway. But he spoke about the whole topic of coaching and mentorship in the language that I understand it to be. And professionally, that's where I had a connection with him is, is like, wow, yeah, you've just described what coaching and mentoring is about. And and I was it was a bit like confirmation bias overload. And Neil Beige, another fantastic uh, guest, has spoken about that previously. But I was just like, man, this guy knows what he's talking about. And it, I just really I was really glad people got to hear what coaching is all about and it's not simply just somebody sitting there and telling you what to do it's about enabling you to giving you the tools to figure it out for yourself i loved it yeah he was great that's the former um olympic diver yeah he was really really interesting uh, listening to so, him i've got i've got i'm going to take over his chair for a second david if i may um 
because I want to ask you two a question. Are there any topics that you would like us to return to or that we haven't covered yet? Um, because this is a hundred, then it's not the end. No. We could no. argue it's barely the beginning. I've been thinking about this, and this is something that I kind of raised at the end, just off the cuff at the end of a podcast some time ago. And I still can't work out whether or not it falls inside the remit of this podcast or not, but I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there again. Um, for me, uh, when I look at our society now, the thing uh, I filled in a survey the other day and it said, what's the single most important thing you think, you know, that's wrong with society at the moment? Uh, and I just wrote one word, which is inequality. Seems to me that the levels of inequality in this country now are just ridiculous. The rich are getting significantly richer. And I'm not against people being rich at all. But the, as the rich get richer, it seems that the poor are getting poorer. And this whole level of, of, of inequality in our society is something that we need to address. Now, there are various ways we can do that through taxation, you know, raising it, lowering it. You know, Quasi Quateng will claim that, you know, by encouraging growth and lowering taxes didn't work out that way. Uh, you know, other people say we should have windfall taxes and tax more. So I'd like us to look at the, the notion of the universal basic income. And this is an idea that's being floated around now in some European countries. It's been tried out in some states in the USA. And it's increasingly being talked about in this country as well. And the basic notion is you give everybody a basic income. Now, the exact level of what that might be is to be determined. But let us say, for example, it was around about the level of the current old age pension, which is uh, between eight and nine thousand pounds a year, depending on how much you pay. Let's call it nine thousand pounds a year. So everybody gets nine thousand pounds a year. Kids probably less, I would imagine, um, which means you don't have to apply for benefits. Everybody gets it if you're a billionaire or if you've got nothing. Everybody gets a basic amount, enough for you to scrape by on. You're not going to get rich on it. There's not really a system there for you to exploit, but you can basically get by. On top of that, you can go out there and you can earn your money. You can be rich if you want to. But what that does sets a basic bedrock that secures everybody, makes everybody feel they're part of an equal society, makes everybody feel that the state is there for them and is looking after them. Now, clearly, people are going to come back at me and say, well, that's a great idea. How are you going to pay for it? That I can't tell you. But <laughs> it's certainly something that the more I read about it, the more I think, do you know what? That could solve an awful lot of the problems that we have in society at the moment. I've got a really good idea, David. I think you should write that podcast episode because you already know quite a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, well, in fact, if we I just have... clip that up, I think we're. I think we got the podcast. Yeah, yeah. There we go. We're done. What about you, Tomo? Have you got a topic that we haven't covered? You'd like us to cover? Um, do you know? What? I think there's an area that we. I don't think we've addressed thus far in particular detail, and that's what it's like for parents of young children there's an awful lot to navigate there financially emotionally um a lot of stresses you know financial stress when you're raising you're raising a family is there and, and i think that's an area we can cover I, I, it's, i've got lived experience of it and i think it'd be quite a practical um practical podcast or, or series of podcasts because there are definitely some things that i can share because I, I speak to young parents they have no idea how to navigate what care, what childcare is going to cost or what what support is out there. And I wonder if that would be helpful. But again, also perhaps touching on what their relationship to money is going to look like when they go from, to so say, often dual income, no kids, where you've got an abundance of, sometimes an abundance of income and time, not in all cases, but all of a sudden perhaps you've got less of an income coming in because one of the parents is having to take some time out to look after children. Maybe both of you are. You've got extra childcare costs. You haven't got the abundance of time. I, I, I think that's quite a fascinating subject that I don't think we've explored. Okay. Are there any guests you think that we should ask producer Tammy to get, try and get for us? I'm still rather hoping she might be able to find the, the Dalai Lama half an hour for me at some point to interview. Oh, that'd be a bit of a coup, wouldn't it? How about Kwasi Kwarteng? He'd be good. Some of his deep <laughs> financial knowledge. We'll have him on. 
not. <laughs> it would be great. It would be great, actually, to get, you know, this is, you look at some of these really, really rich people, Elon Musk, um, uh, Warren Buffett, you know, these spectacularly rich people. Wouldn't it be absolutely fascinating to have a conversation with them? Yeah. I've, I've said in a previous podcast, I'd love to get hold of um, uh, a famous Bristolian who's a billionaire and ask him about his attitude to money. I'd love to do that. If only we knew somebody that knew him, David, eh? Mm. Yeah, well, well, well if, we, if you think of anybody, let me know. <laughs> We've had a whole host of different contributors to the programme over the years, uh, friends of the podcast. Let's sit back now and listen to some of their uh, financial well-being tips. Hi, my name is Chris Dames. I am a Chartered Financial Planner at Savello Financial Planning and co-host of a podcast called The Kindness Project. Uh, and I think my financial wellbeing tip is just to be, be a bit kinder to yourself when you're thinking about money. Um, there's a lot of focus on achievement and like, aspiring to be greater and aspiring to be better and that's all great uh, but we're all on our own journey and if we could just be a bit kinder to ourselves the journey might be a bit more fun um, as opposed to um, more stressful. Uh, hey everyone, my name is Nick Elston. I'm an inspirational speaker on the lived experience of mental health and a transformational speaking coach. Uh, falling into this world about 2016, I think the biggest insight I can give you uh, from somebody outside the space is actually to say that check in on what you're doing, are you driven through obsession, compulsion, what you're telling yourself around your relationship with money and your well-being, is it, to do, is it fact, or, and it is, if it is fact, reach out for help as soon as you can, um, but actually very often it's a story we're telling ourselves and it's driven by fear, it's driven by assumption, um, so we need to set on a mission to prove ourselves wrong. Um, try that and let me know what you think. Hi, my name is Paul Dolan from the London School of Economics, and I've been asked to give a tip about spending money or saving money. Um, I'm not so good at saving it, so let's talk about spending it. Spend your money, if you have any spare, of course, um, on things or stuff or experiences that you can talk about that will create conversations with family and friends afterwards. Because not only will you benefit from the spending itself in the experience, but you'll have a load of chats about it afterwards. And some of those stories will become embellished and they'll become part of who you are. Hi, my name is Pete Matthew from uh, the Meaningful Money podcast and YouTube channel. So my best financial well-being tip, I think, would be to keep money in its place, right? It doesn't need to rule us, doesn't need to dictate what we do with our lives. Instead, it's there to support what we do with our lives. So automate as much as you can so that it doesn't take too much time because frankly there's a lot better things to be doing with your life than managing your money so automate things like budget automate things like regular investment regular increases to those investments put as much as you can on autopilot and keep money in its place oh congrats on 100 episodes brilliant amazing job most podcasts don't make it anywhere near that far it's an incredible achievement well done guys uh, so my name's Petronella. My top savings tip is stop, hit the pause button, think, do I really need it? Hiya, um, my name is Vicky Batchelor. I work uh, in client services at Ovation Finance. I've just gone through a recent bereavement um, and uh, trying to deal with someone's affairs is quite, quite a, a challenging um, experience. I think getting your affairs in, in order really does help the, the, you know, your loved ones um, to, to deal with what's quite a difficult time. So if you can have a will, up-to-date will, and have, you know, have your wishes written down, um, funeral plan is, is really helpful. <laughs> for, for those you leave behind, it, it's, it's really good to understand um, what your wishes are. Uh, investments and um, policies you hold um, is, is a great help because trying to find out that information when someone's passed away can be very challenging. Oh, so great to hear all of those tips and because I've got them on my phone as, as uh, video as well to actually put faces to some of those names of people that I've uh, never met. Um, 
I particularly like uh, Chris, Chris Deems, and you've mentioned him already in the podcast, but talking about kindness. For me, that's it, really. If we could just all of us be a little bit nicer to everybody else, particularly when we're talking about, well, we're talking about anything, but particularly when we're talking about money, which can make some people quite unpleasant and quite mean. If we can think about just being kind to other people, then surely that's going to increase our well-being in every department of our life. Amen to that. Yeah, I got yeah. nothing to add to that. And that was great. Yeah, absolutely, David. And there, there were some lovely comments made by people as well. Though, so I'm very touched about some of the, some of the comments. Thank you, guys. Now, last but by no means least. Is this the big moment? It is the big moment. We've heard from myself until you're probably sick to the back teeth of me. We've heard from Tomo. We've heard from Chris. We've given you the best that we can possibly give you. Throughout, not all, but very many of these podcasts, there's been one person behind the scenes that puts it all together that makes everything happen that sends us the schedule that sends us the interview so that we can listen to them beforehand that tells us what we're doing that sets up the recordings that edits them all afterwards that is the driving force the unseen hand up sooty's bottom that powers <laughs> I don't know where that came from she is the puppet master that powers this podcast. It is the rather marvellous Tammy, producer Tammy. Um, so, Tammy, say hello and give us, please, something for us to go away thinking about. Wow, what a big introduction. Thank you, David. So, editing the podcast, I've picked up a few things about financial well-being, and I'm going to borrow Chris's brilliant phrase, know thyself. One about understanding what you want from life and spending your money on that for true financial well-being. Sounds simple, right? My tip for you today is to work with a financial planner who has coaching skills. They can help you discover what you want from life and create a financial plan that aligns with those objectives for true financial well-being. Absolutely brilliant. Yes, I'll go along with that. I'll go. Those, those, those pearls of wisdom, uh, as ever, from Tammy, and, and spot on as well. And if anybody on here knows a decent financial coach, then please let me know because I'm looking for one. <laughs> 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 oh, 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 Actually, I've already got one, and his name's Tom Morris, and he's the best! Right, yes, enough, checks in the enough, post. <laughs> enough of that. Um, listen, just on a personal note, all these years that we've been doing this, there's never been a time when I haven't really enjoyed the banter and the chat that we have. It's been really personally a huge journey for me, actually. I've learned so much about myself and about money through doing these podcasts. And we all really, really hope that you at home listening have enjoyed it as well. And we look forward very much to having your company when we celebrate our 200th in I don't know how many years' time. But for now, that's it. Ta-ra for now. Thank you. And David, you can now go to your front door where there'll be a young lady with a beautiful, huge bouquet of flowers waiting for you. And so thank you for all your brilliant hosting of this podcast. <laughs> thank you very much. There's nobody there. <laughs> <laughs>